What's up, everybody? Welcome to Non-Refungible Podcast. I am Nate Digital, sitting here with Cryer and Yaba. And today we have a special interview with Cypher. He is the creator of Void Attractors and Consensus Heartbeats. So let's just get into it. Hey, nice, nice to Cypher. be here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry for getting you up so early. Oh, it's uh, all right. Just Here drinking some content. coffee. It's yeah, part of the really. job. I mean, are you a DJ if you don't? Yeah, you know, exactly. If you don't get up early, you don't go to bed late. Yeah. And there's really no time in, in crypto. Yeah, it's it all is. The <laughs> Discord and Twitter 24 7. That's right. Absolutely. So, yeah, we actually uh, we owe Cryer um, everything for getting us into the Void Attractors. Actually, Cryer, where did you even uh, find these bad boys? Um, so I was, uh, you know, perusing Twitter midday, being a usual DGen type situation. And um, Andy, the guy who runs Fractional.art, I think it's his name's Andy. Uh, let's see here. Andy8052 had posted, um, like, check these got things out. They're about to mint or whatever. So I looked into it. And that was for the first project. That was for Void Attractors. And um, I hadn't seen it before. And it just really caught my eye. I really enjoy I'm. I really like enjoy abstract art, anyways. Um, a lot of the stuff I had collected uh, is just you know abstract type art, anyway. So um, I instantly kind of fell in love with those, and then I've uh, I got I got two of those, and uh, they had a recent release for the um, Consensus Heartbeat, which is like a part of a four part unraveling series, and uh, those I got one of as well. So I'm I'm super happy about them, but uh, it was just kind of a stumble you know, on Twitter randomly searching for shit it is crypto twitter man that's right it's necessary (laughs) so powerful for things just like that well we're also big uh gen art fans so oh yeah for sure yeah the voids were super cool but um yeah cypher do you want to tell us a little bit about your background maybe like what kind of got you into maybe nfts or into generative art uh yeah sure um so in terms of crypto itself, I've been in this scene for quite a while. Um, I think from like late 2016. I've I've known about Bitcoin since since its inception actually, but I never <clears throat> looked into it deeply. And then I remember in 2013 or 12 when I was looking at the charts, I remember saying to a friend, "Oh." This is useless. This is all driven by speculation. <laughs> you say when you were twelve? No, no, when two thousand and twelve. Oh, two thousand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have some young uh, traders yeah, in our group, so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they know um, their stuff too. Yeah, definitely. You, you definitely shouldn't yeah, underestimate somebody based on their age. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I've been in in crypto for quite a while, and. Um, Specifically, I've been following generative art within the crypto space since, like, last, um, I guess, September, probably. Nice. October. So for right. quite, a, quite a while, really, like, a lot before then, you know, the big bubble in March and then another the bubble that's just happened where everything has been going up. Um, so I have, and I, you know, I follow it quite closely, so I have, I feel I have a very good understanding of... Um, where the space has been, where it's moving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But generally, outside of crypto, I'm a, I'm a scientist by training, and most of my work um, is sort of a mix of um, theoretical work and empirical work, and it involves a lot of coding. So I'm very comfortable with, the, yeah, just <laughs> coding up things. Gotcha. So, so, so no copy paste on <laughs> this one, huh? <laughs> No open C contracts. <laughs> yeah, no open C contracts that copy paste fail. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is the real deal. This is, le- this is legit coding, and and that's that's so interesting, man. And I feel like that's so underrated right now in the community because uh, people don't really understand the the back end of what it takes to to do something like this. Yeah, it's um so specifically for uh so i do not have a background in for example uh, making websites or uh deploying solidity contracts and stuff like that so this is 
these are things I've learned in the last couple of months when I decided I want to do this. And it, it is really, if you want to be what is called a, like a full stack developer where you, you're, um, you know, you know how to set up a website, you know how to set up a contract, you know how to interact with OpenSea as well, and then you know how to actually make the art itself. This, this just requires so many different skills and it's, it's quite a pain really. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always worth it in the end, but it, it is quite a pain, especially if you're uh, doing things, sorry, if you're, you know, learning on the go, as they say. Yeah. So, um, so you taught yourself solidity? Yeah. I mean, I wow. think mo- most people who yeah. uh, know solidity. Yeah. It's so early. Oh, so I, like, well, I guess, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's no college courses. <laughs> I, I don't even, yeah. I don't think, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Hop over my I mean, yeah, there, there are like, yeah, there are online, like, you know, tutorials and stuff, but, you know, with any programming language, if you follow yeah, a tutorial, that's never enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've, I've done my fair share of, uh, what, plant zombies and doggo games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it doesn't cut the mustard. <laughs> it doesn't, though. That's funny. Was it was it was it difficult to did you find it difficult or was it relatively straightforward? Um, <clears throat> I would say solidity for me was a lot easier to grasp than um, fucking uh, JavaScript uh, React uh, frameworks. I I, st- I, st- I I still don't fully understand all the uh, uh, Intricacies. No, I, I, yeah, I am quite a newbie when it comes to web development and understanding how exactly some, yeah, let's say, more sophisticated uh, aspects of combining contracts with a website specifically work. Uh, I've been able to do what I did, obviously, um, but there, there are some projects, um, sorry, th- there are a lot more sophisticated ways how you could uh, tackle uh drafting a contract with a website gotcha and, yeah were you uh yeah. were you an artist already or is this pretty much just like all part of your like background like the data scientist um or is it something that you were passionate about um like drawing and stuff like that before as well um i i would say i've always appreciated um something that is so i, I will first say that um, th- there is some <clears throat> on the surface level and, and maybe also more deeper, there is a similarity between how you approach creating an art, an art project and how you approach doing science. Yeah. So in both, in both cases, in some sense, you, you end up with some output. So in art, if you're doing like visual art, you, you know, you, you have your uh, visual piece that somebody sees, somebody else sees in science, you typically, you, uh, write a, a paper, a, a scientific paper for a journal. And uh, in that paper, you would uh, create some figures, right? Mm-hmm. Some some data would be displayed. And typically, <clears throat> the, one of the goals, at least of a good paper, is always to convey a very clear message with yes. the figures, so with the visual output. And visual art in that sense is very similar. So, you know, you have, you create something and that something needs to be understood by somebody else and you want to evoke a certain understanding or a certain feeling or a certain piece of information. Um, so there is, yeah, th- there is a interesting parallel there that's quite, uh, I would say, underappreciated by some people. Um, yeah, man, I, I've never really even drawn, drew that connection, man. I mean, both yeah. of scientists and artists start with a blank piece of paper <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's probably the di- most difficult place to start yeah there's yeah one interesting thing how it quite it differs quite substantially is that so if you're doing science right you're always um piggybacking off of somebody else's work you know there's some body of information that exists and you're trying to uh trying to Approve use that upon. As, yeah exactly or expand, or extend, or, or disprove, or whatever, yeah. and and you you have similar, you can do something similar in within uh, art, but you know you you can be inspired by somebody, and you can uh, do something similar that is inspired by somebody else, and and that happens all the time. But uh, you can also just do something completely from scratch in quotation marks. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah, that's an interesting difference between both. Very cool. Um, so, uh, what is 
you know, what inspired you to create these these types of pieces? Uh, anything specifically or in the space? I know you said you had started since like September of last year. So, is there any any projects that were were something that you were really uh, inspired by? Um, the sort of the reason why I, so, so for me unraveling is is a, is a general project. I know I know typically you know when there's an NFT project, people will buy a particular uh piece within a project such as let's say water tracker circumstances heartbeats yeah and uh and you know and i understand that i i you know i buy nfts all the time myself and trade them and blah blah mm-hmm. um but in in my head unraveling is just a bigger project and within unraveling there are several uh nfts which tell parts of the story and uh, i had to do that because each project um, relies on different things in the solidity contract. So I, 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 if I could, if I would have just made everything one project, one contract, but to do what I want to do, that was not possible. Yeah, so that was just, yeah, that was just an explanation as to why um, I will talk about unraveling as opposed to talking about void attractors or, or uh, consensus heartbeats. But the reason why I cre- created that is because um, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's if if, yeah. You've been, if you've been following the scene for 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 a while now, or over the last year, it's sort of converged on a couple of like uh, pillars, let's call them, of of how NFT projects look like. So you have the mass uh, profile face picture projects, and you have the art block style projects and art blocks itself, and then you have sort of the niche. Um, the niche, let's say, um, generic art. Yep. Yeah, that's 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 similar to art blocks in the sense that it's generative, but different in the sense that it's trying to do something novel and something yeah. unique uh, with what's what the, the medium enables you to. And my the, the the reason I made it is because I wanted to <clears throat> so basically look at what do these things have in common and where are they still sort of very much aligned with this traditional. Um, approach to art and how can I take that and just change it and, and try and redefine um, what, what what is an art project on or yeah. how individual aspects uh, how we use um, solidity or how we use or think about something being an on-chain generative art project how can how can I u- u- utilize those ideas and concepts and just like turn them on their head? Light bulb that. just clicked. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I think that kind of goes directly into like your point with void attractors is like you wanted to be like a participative art collection, right? You wanted to have people yeah. who didn't know how to do solidity or anything like that um, have to um, reconstruct um, the. Uh, uh, on like put it, you have to put the artwork on chain itself, correct? Right? Exa- ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. I, w- I was I was gonna say, uh, can we go back and just clarify something real yeah. quick? You said it was based on three pillars of of the how the space is looking now, right? Which yeah. Is, and that that just resonated with me because you have the void attractors and then you have the consensus heartbeat am i wrong in saying that and the consensus heartbeat which we'll we'll talk more about that i guess in along in this series uh interview but the consensus heartbeat is based on traffic that is going through the blockchain right our our yeah. transactions and the yeah. heartbeat gets uh, at least from what i read and the heartbeats you know saw slower or faster based on you know people rushing to it right now and that it kind of reflects pfp projects are the big project drops that are happening right now people are rushing to mint right yeah so what so what would the pillar of the void uh attractor be oh so just to uh clarify uh i i didn't mean it in that exact sense uh, so I just meant to say that you have these three streams of NFT projects that exist within the space. 
so BFB uh, art generative blocks art. styled, yeah, generative art, and then the more niche generative artists that are doing something novel with solidity. And um, you fall on that last pillar because you're trying to. Yeah, exactly. I fall in that last pillar, and then, but I'm at the same time also trying to uh, sort of reflect, you know, on what are what do these three things still have in common with yeah. more traditional art. And how can we turn those things on their head? Yeah, and kind of like bridge the gap uh, into the like traditional art scene through like that. You know, art is a re- you know as a whole is you know can be just a reflection on the current times and stuff like that. That's one of the you know that's why I really enjoy your pieces too because it's you know it's almost like you know especially with the art beats it's like you have thirteen of them that are you know historical blocks and like yeah. you're trying it, it's that that sense of um, encapsulating our current time in a art piece. And exactly, I, I, yeah. I really enjoy that aspect. So that was the idea, yeah. And, and to answer your uh, question, so the idea with um, Consensus Heartbeats, partially at least, was to... Uh, actually, one of the first um, thoughts that I had as to why I wanted to do it in that particular way was because of... Uh, PFP projects because you know when you um, when something launches gas shoots up like crazy and then nobody can mint and everybody gets wrecked and then it slowly starts decaying down mm-hmm. and then I thought about that a bit and realized oh actually this you know you could use this as a as a measure of activity in the same way when you uh, when you run, go for a jog, your heart uh, rate goes up because it, you need to supply more. Uh, the blood needs to flow to supply more oxygen to the muscles and um, more nutrients. And in a similar way, um, gas prices uh, reflect, you know, how many people are trying to do a particular thing, and and the network itself needs to respond to that. It's so like the, the stress on the network, just how exa- they would be like a, exactly, like a, yeah, like a deer in the yeah. woods hearing yeah. something and having to fight or flight type situation. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. And it, record, and it records that particular point in time that that happens. Yes, okay. yeah. So just yeah. So just to explain, because I think maybe this. Well, I have explained it in in a couple of blog posts on Twitter, but I realize it's just um, it's a lot to grasp because people don't typically do. <laughs> projects like that I, I, I just turned into that guy in the art gallery talking to the <laughs> artist telling him what his piece means right like <laughs> no no don't get me wrong i'm yeah, very yeah. happy no no i, I just meant yeah. to, to clarify uh so it's clear so basically yeah. <clears throat> each um piece is a um so the the visual and the audio output is um created by a a um sequence of blocks so I, I scraped historical activity from Ethereum. So of those pieces, so of all of the things I've scraped, I scraped 13 specific events, which are the ones that have been discussed uh, in the Discord. So like the Genesis block, the, um, the DAO hack block, etc., etc. And then I take um, seven consecutive blocks based on those pieces or based on some random pieces. And then I take um, three different uh, uh, Three different types of information from either block, and this is like the gas price, how many transactions they were, and how much total gas was used. So these are like three related but distinct pieces of information that you always have within any Ethereum block, and those were used to generate all the visual um, or most of the visual and all the audio uh, output, and that and that's so- how they differ. So that's that's interesting. Can you go back and like so for you, if you buy a particular piece or a specific yeah. piece, can yeah. you go back or can you look at that piece and see? Oh well, this is the DAO hack piece. Can I tell from yeah. just? Um, so yes and yeah, yes and no. <laughs> okay. It's uh, tough. Okay. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, exactly. So so basically, how did, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. How long did it take for someone to to find it? Because that was part of his. Uh, you had like a little contest for it, right? Exactly. So, okay. yeah. Can we can we back up just a little bit? Because I feel like maybe some people might get lost. Yeah. You have, sure. you have two projects. 
mm-hmm. in the Unraveling series right now, and it's a collection yeah. of how many? Three? Four in total. It, 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 are all four out? Uh, no, we're halfway through now. So we have two. And the yeah. first one is the Void Attractors, which yep. is, I've read up on that site, and that's some very heavy stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, and then the second one is the consensus heartbeat, which we just talked about. Yep. yep. So the void attractors one, that's very interesting to me because is that completed or not? Could, could we maybe touch on that? Go back and then go for it. Yeah. Sorry for uh, jumping around like that. So um, with void attractors, so I, I've yet to mint the code on chain. I've not done that because I've, I've had uh, a real life come in between the last couple of weeks. And it's been okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about buying one and I know that yeah. that's finality, right? Uh, I mean, yes, it is finality, though that finality does not affect, I think, you purchasing it. I would, I, well, I, I don't know, but I would think you can buy it either before or after, right, on OpenSea. Um, but so with Void Attractors. So you haven't announced, so there's other elements to the Void Attractors that you haven't announced to the public yet. Exactly, yeah. That are so these are, yeah, So, but just to clarify what I mean by that, uh, I, I just mean that there are, um, like, um, let me think of this, so, so, certain things were done in a particular way for a particular reason. <laughs> yeah. Let's say a surprise. Let's yeah, say a surprise. Exactly. You know, yeah. Let's, yeah. Okay. That's a fair, yeah. fair, fair way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. Now, your void attractors, that included. Now, what is that? So, the consensus heartbeat was like gas based or, you yeah. know, rated gas. What was the void attractors yeah. based so, off of? So, yeah. So, what, so, Wheel attractors didn't have anything to do with uh, Ethereum activity of any kind, so to speak, right? So nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, it was mainly a um, statement, let's say. So I don't know how much you guys know about visual illusions, but um, so sometimes when you um, arrange visual information in a particular way, um, so if you for example, if you put a lot of lines together in a particular way, in the particular angles, um, you can experience something other than the fact that you're viewing lines. You experience um, a whole structure, so to speak. Like so, your visual um, system of your body is, is collecting exactly. too much information and, and is, is um, distorting what you're actually seeing. Little optical illusion, little optical illusion style. Exactly, yeah. So with attractors, yeah, are they're not necessarily a, void, a visual illusion per se, but it goes in that line because it makes you perceive something other than the fact that what uh, they are are just a line with an arrow, right? Yeah, that's what all of them are composed at their core, and the key difference between them is um, how they were arranged, and this is determined by the angles, and how densely they are arranged. And so, and, and these factors then influence what you visually observe, and then depending on what, how it is arranged in the end, uh, different structures emerge. And this is all because your visual system just works that way, and it's, you know, it's quite yeah. fascinating. On my void tractor, personally, I love it because it uh, it's when I zoom in really far, it looks like little fingerprints everywhere. And uh, <laughs> which which I, one do you have? I have the... I have two, but uh, the one I'm talking referring to is uh, number three. Ah, cool. Um, but it's uh, like a red red and white one, and, and it when I zoom in really far, it looks like little fingerprints everywhere. And I, I that's one of my one of my favorite pieces out of all my pieces, actually. Mm. Yeah, it, look which one that does look cool. I'm looking at it now. Uh, I see. Yeah. But um, so, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say there are elements to this because this is a hundred percent on chain. Is that how I I gather it? Uh, so these things that I was referring to just now have nothing to do with 
it being on chain. It just has to do with um, um, the visual art piece. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe, or maybe even the concept behind the project rather than anything else. I think that's the 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 the, um, clearest way of saying it. So, so the theme. Yeah. Yeah, The other the other side of what you're talking about is the. The, you have a choice to either leave your file hosted currently or ri- have it written to the blockchain. Um, yes. So that was part of the participation aspect. And I think we mentioned it a little bit earlier where he was able to have it hosted and then you had to reconstruct it and write your own um, you know, contract to as a subcontract on the Void, void Attractor's contract that the reconstructor allowed you to put your specific piece uh, on chain yes uh, so there, there were three elements right it yeah. was minting it then minting your reconstructor on the chain and then you writing the code to close it i guess is that right yeah so i i, I will i will explain this a bit more um it's yeah it's it's, it's tricky because i think um one thing i have realized that i didn't appreciate before i started all of this is just how much uh, uh, miscommunication is in, 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 in NFT art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, I, can, I can imagine. <laughs> you see me, I'm asking a thousand questions, right? <laughs> no, no, but, but no, it's, I know it's, it's, um, I think it's just a reflection of the space rather than anything else. You know, people, yeah. people use terms, we use the same words, but they actually we mean completely different things. And yep. it's, it's very tricky to, uh, you know, you would need a dictionary. Yeah. for people that that people could like you know for us to have a conversation where we would all make sure that we are speaking about the same things so we need to have a dictionary where each of us would be able to look up into okay yeah. what do you mean by on chain okay yeah. what do you mean by generative art and we would be able to you know um have a conversation where we are sure that we are talking about the same things and this is just something when i started this i just didn't appreciate how much miscommunication there is in this space and it's, it's just mind-boggling. Um, but Got just it. to yeah, and just to answer your question, so the reason I'm saying this is because uh, it's yeah. When I wrote out these three um, aspects that you mentioned, I just saw how much confusion there was among the community. And you know, these were people who genuinely wanted to understand and be a part of, and, and you know, and they are, and they have an understanding. But uh, and I wrote a lot in the Discord and Twitter as well to try and clarify as much as possible. But it's it's a tricky endeavor. Um, so so uh, yeah, the minting was the first part. That just as with any NFT project, you mint your piece and that's it. And then this is where most NFT projects stop. And then when you have a generative, uh, sorry, an on-chain generative art project, like so let's say an art blocks project. So what they do is they take their um, the code that the artist wrote and they mint this into the contract of the Artblocks platform. Um, so in my case, um, because one of the goals that I had with Void Attractors is to decentralize this understanding of the algorithm that I created to make them. Uh, and by decentralized, I mean I wanted somebody else or several people to try and attempt to rewrite it. And for that, I wrote out a reward, which I, I don't remember the exact percentage. I think it was 4% or something like that of the primary sales and secondary royalties. Um, so, And I gave a deadline, like uh, 60 days, I think, for people to be able to do that. Which just um, ended recently, right? Which ended recently, exactly. And then I said, okay, after this deadline ends, I will be minting this code into the contract. Uh, but then I <laughs> had to move house and just my life has been a bit of a blur recently. So I've, I've not yet done that, but I will be doing it very uh, shortly. So, and once that is done, it means that the code that was used to generate the pieces will be on chain. Mm-hmm. So and then and the third element there is to mint the reconstructor, and that is simply a um, combination of color and uh, the parameter values uh, that's tied to a particular void attractor, 
and you mint that on chain as a string in the same way how some projects allow you to name your NFT. Um, I don't like hash masks, I think, allow you to yeah. name your NFT. Um, this is a similar idea to uh, naming, but you're not assigning an arbitrary name. You're assigning the um, the parameter values and the color values of your avoid attractor. And it's kind of like is, writing your own code sequence to the Ethereum ex- blockchain. Exactly. As, yeah, a signa- yeah. as a signature, right? Yeah, a signature is the best. Uh, yeah, the best way of thinking about it. And and the thing with void attractors is that um, until you do that, so you do have the code available uh, or will be available shortly, as I was saying, minted. Uh, but until that is minted, you're not actually able to reconstruct it uh, gotcha. from on chain. It's like it's like a uh, I separated the on chainness, so to speak, into two pieces, which is uh, one is the reconstructor and the other is the code itself. So typically projects. Um, so like on our blocks uh, and also in consensus heartbeats, you use um, either the transaction hash uh, of the minting process or you use the address. So like your Ethereum address to define a bunch of parameters and these parameters are then used to generate um, the piece. But the, yeah, there are different ways of how you can achieve that. Sorry, how you can tackle it. Very cool. Um, yeah, so so that's yeah that's an explanation for um or rather yeah uh, yeah an explanation for these three steps and the right, thing Cryer. is sorry I'm uh, sorry what? I was going to ask Cryer if he had done that yet have you done it yet I have not so I have two that are not completed yet um, yeah and so you asked what is it so yeah. I, I I did it in this way just because I wanted to stimulate a conversation about um. Right. Very you cool. know, so in, in a space, a lot of people value um, on-chain generated art mm-hmm. um, yeah. for for a good reason, because if it is on-chain, then in principle, you're going to be able to reconstruct it or recreate that piece as long as Ethereum is sticking. It's right? functioning. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of caveats to that. So one caveat is whether um, the person who... Um, uh, sorry, whether the code that's minted has any external dependencies. And what I mean by that is, for example, our blocks, uh, a lot of projects use uh, uh, a library called P5.js, um, which is, uh, as far as I know, not actually on-chain. It's, uh, it's not been minted on-chain. So, uh, and the assumption there is that... Um, so... This library, P5.js, uh, is stored in, in, in something called this Arctic Vault, where it's uh, been recorded in some very fancy tape that's going to last for a thousand years. Mm. Uh, and the idea is that, okay, in principle, we are able to recreate this as long as uh, we have that the internet. Or if we, yeah, or if we don't have exactly yeah, that library. Or if we don't have internet, we can go to this Arctic vault and extract it from there. Um, but generally, like I think most, if not all, generative art projects that um, uh, that are on chain um, are hosted on a website. Um, so there, the key difference is that you have all the information available in the Ethereum network to recreate them, but mm-hmm. they typically are hosted uh, either on IPFS or uh, Airweave or some other platform. There is one subsector here that is different, which are uh, project projects like um, Soul Seedlings or I think uh, Alastars or uh, Hideki's Cypher. These projects are written within Solidity. Um, so it's Solidity code that generates the pieces. Nice. Uh, and, and that's quite different. So I have to admit, I'm not entirely sure how it works on a technical level in the sense whether um, OpenSea reads um, the Solidity code from the contract directly or whether it is routed through a website. Yeah, like is that, that like audio, audio glyphs? Is that 
and I like that too. Audioglyphs. I'm not yeah. sure how exactly they work. My impression would be so. Yeah, don't hold me to my word for this, but I would imagine that they are. Um, let's see. Quickly. So I think it, uh, unlikely because it's tricky to get fully on-chain audio. So yeah. Def Beef does that, and he he they are able to do it because. Um, they're very good at um, um, what they're doing. You know, they're yeah, exactly. extremely elegant coders that were able to put all that data yeah. into that small of a space, pretty much, right? Ex exactly. That's that's a very nice way of putting it. So I'm not. I, I'm just not sure about Onyglyphs. Um, potentially, I, I I haven't looked at it. I really like that project, but uh, yeah. it's been a while since I thought about it. So yeah. I also don't know whether they're on they're the uh, or not. On the front here, if if you know anyone else is listening that is like trying to be a, a generative artist, any any tips or or uh, or uh, little tricks of the trade that you would recommend, or anything you would like to like recommend looking at, um, I would say to try and understand some topic that you care about. So if you if you're interested in, um, you know. If you have a hobby and yeah. you really like that hobby, try understanding it on a deeper level and then think about is there a way of um, creating a generative art project out of that? Because there's an element of depth that you can bring to the table if you understand something deeply exactly. and, convey, and convey that in, in art. Um, obviously, you need to be able to code and the better you are at coding, the more complicated the things you make are. Yeah. But that that isn't necessarily you don't necessarily have doesn't make to a great piece. It just has to you exactly. Know, yeah. yeah. Just because it's technical doesn't mean it's fantastic. You know. It's, exactly. It's like, yeah. They have to work in combination of each other. Yeah. Exactly. So like consensus hardware specifically, for example, they're quite simple visually. Yeah. But there's a big back technical. end. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I have a quick question. Um, when you're making the gen art stuff, do you have an idea of what it might look like going into it? Or is it more of like a um, trial and error type thing? Or you just put in all the figures and see what spits out as someone who doesn't know anything about coding or in gen art? Yeah, depends. So, for example, for my next project, so the third one, I had an idea as to how I would like to do it very quickly in terms of the visuals um, for consensus heartbeats and for um, voida trackers, I have to iterate through uh, layers, let's say, of how exactly they're going to look like. So for all of them, I have... He's being so, a true scientist, doing a lot of trial and error. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, I have a story that I want to tell with unraveling. And I know what each project within that story will be about and why, um, how exactly the visual output for these projects will look like wasn't determined at the beginning. It's for, yeah, for the first two projects, it was uh, a lot of trial and error to get it to where they were. Then for the third project, it was actually a lot easier in the sense that I knew exactly what they wanted. Or trial and error as vis like what they came out visually? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and for the fourth one, I know exactly what I want to do technically from a solidity perspective, but I'm not exactly sure yet how it will um, look visually, which is a bit which is a bit different. Um, yeah. To, working backwards yeah. or, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's working backwards, so to speak, Very from cool. the technicals to the visuals. Very cool. I'm I'm excited for those. I I like I said I've. Everyone in our Discord is always like, I, I mean, I talk about void tractors and sour beats all the time. I feel like so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Always, cool. once you dive in, you like yeah. see how deep this project is. It's super yeah, cool. Yeah, super awesome. Yeah, there, yeah. there's. Um, sorry. I was just gonna say you can now with you explaining it, you really appreciate the labor and effort that went into it versus and and you you see that and I think that's part of art in the real world is well which gives it its value 
is the fact that people have labored intensively yeah. over it to create this piece versus maybe a PFP project. And that's not any shot at those guys because I'm sure they put effort in there too. But thing that, yeah. <laughs> just depends on the, just depends on the product. A lot, there's a lot more cash grabs in the PFP space than there are in the a, a, space, a, I feel like. Exactly. And I, I just feel like those are things that stand the test of time because people can always relate to, oh, well, that, that took this much effort to create. And, you know, there's not many people that can create uh, a piece like this. So that was, that's what brings the value to me or, and, and obviously the visual aesthetic of it too. But, you know, that's, that's just interesting now that you kind of, that, that we've kind of talked about the project to really understand what goes on. Like I never knew about Death Beef, for example. Mm. You know yeah, I mean? Those things. Those are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, took, so, and it took a lot of work. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, different um, projects have different goals. So obviously with uh, 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 PF, PFP projects of any kind, the goals are quite different. So, you know, some are straight crash grab, cash grabs, which, yeah, they people do that because they can. Yeah. Um, other other PFP projects are, um, they, they basically use the, the um, the project itself as a funding mechanism for for a brand, like what Board Apes did. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure I'm sure there are other projects that've done that. So, and now you know they 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 have. If you if you think about in traditional, uh, uh, like let's say you want to make a clothing brand today. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know <laughs> that much about how difficult it is to make a clothing brand, but I imagine it's difficult to get the type of sums that uh, Board Apes. The board ape devs were able to get with uh, both board devs, board apes, and then mutant apes, and, and now they sit on a you know on a sizable pile of cash that really enables them to build something really big if they yeah, want to. For sure. And and that's that, I think that's amazing that you're able to do that. Uh, I, I have I have nothing against uh, PFP projects. The, I think it's a very fascinating. Uh, uh, yeah. It's a very fascinating social dynamic what they create and what they have created in this space and outside yeah. of this space. And CryptoPunks as well, you know, everybody knows about them and, and they have created something amazing in lots of ways. But projects like, yeah, what I've done is, is very, very, very different in the sense that um, there's a lot of layers to it. And these layers you will never appreciate if you just spend two seconds in OpenSea looking at a thumbnail. Yeah. And I'm, I'm well aware that um, most people don't fully grasp that. And, you know, I, I, I have been trying to clarify yeah. it as much as I can, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just tricky. As I was saying before, you need a dictionary sometimes to clarify yeah. all the terms and then explain why, what is, why is what the way it is, etc. And then, then that's tricky, the tricky endeavor. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I've been around for a while. I'm not going anywhere. So I will continue explaining these things and continue, um, building for unraveling and then later on as well, other things. Awesome. So, man. so I, I, I got a, just a couple more quick questions for you. Yeah, um, yeah. The first one is, are you, so have you launched the second half of your series or have you started talking about the second half of your series? Do you know what that's going to be? Is that public information? Or are you kind of holding off on that? Uh, I haven't explicit, explicitly said anything, um, just because I, feel, <laughs> I have such a backlog of things now, I said I for, for the for the first two projects I want to focus right. on getting right. those done. Um, I mean, I can say that so the third project will be written in Solidity, um, okay. in the in the same way uh, like Soul Seedlings or Hideki uh, Cipher, I guess, would be written. Nice. Uh, so it's it's not going to be um, so like. Uh, consensus heartbeats was written in JavaScript, like uh, all art blocks uh, um, pieces pro- projects are. Yeah. So yeah, the third one will be pure solidity. Fourth one will be also pure solidity, uh, but there will be there will be a big difference between them in some ways. So with the with the last project, I want to do something that's um, very wild. I don't know how some possible. Fireworks. Yeah, I don't know how possible it is to do it. I'm incredibly excited about doing it, uh, but it will yeah. take a take, it will take some time before I'm done with the last one in terms of um, 
yeah, in terms of getting the technical details down. But if it all works out the way I have it planned, it's going to be amazing, I think. Awesome. And, and my second question was marketing aspect of this. How are you approaching that? Are you just kind of letting people find out about it? Or are you actually aggressively trying to market your, your pieces in your work? Or are you waiting? And then, you know, how, how are you approaching that? Uh, it's mostly word to mouth in terms of uh, people approaching me. So, for example, like you guys, there's lots of people who've been approaching me or have approached me um, asking about this project, whom I've explained uh, these more intricate details. But I think having uh, a podcast like this is, for example, very good because you're able to ask me a question when you're not sure about want to explain a particular aspect of the project and I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of other people uh, like the same who, thing <laughs> exactly yeah and that's you know that's very useful um, generally yeah apart from that uh, if you have any tips on marketing I'm willing to listen I, I've not I mean the marketing I've done is writing very concise and elaborate um, blog posts and Twitter, uh, <laughs> yeah. Twitter threads about the project to make it clear what it is about. Um, it's, right. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a PFP project where uh, you, um, <laughs> you get a big the, um, influencer to post yeah, exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. What now? What <laughs> now? We bought. Exactly. You told yeah, us to now. What? When other, when other, when stuff. <laughs> This is yeah. very, very different from that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's funny. Yeah, you can yeah. do that. Just I mean, I mean, P. Yeah. It's a different are, animal. Yeah, P. are community bait. I feel like they have like the good projects build strong yeah. communities, and that's what the benefit of holding a PFP is. That's the, the marketing aspect there, but like it, I think for generative yeah. art, I think the artwork just kind of like speaks for itself. Like it's a lot of exactly. projects exactly are you know there's a lot of them out there, um, and the ones that you know stand out are the ones that you know do well so like it's i think it's more of the fact that the you know the technical aspect and other people coming in that are also um a little bit more experienced or or know a lot more about like the whole on-chain in-chain type situation are coming in and saying like oh these are actually very technically sound you know that kind of gives more price value and i think it's it, it really is more about I mean, personally, I think it's more about the art collection and almost it is more like the traditional art style where like it's like I don't really, you know, I'm not going to I don't think I'm going to sell my Void Attractor, like, at least the red yeah. one. I, I really like that one. It's just more of like a collection piece for me. Um, so yeah. like it's it's um, and I think that's a little bit different with the generative art pieces. Yeah. So a thing that's commonly said and obviously um it sets for a reason is that you should only buy it if you enjoy it. If you, yes. if you think, if you think, okay, I can see myself purchasing this item and I would, uh, I'm happy holding this even if it's value. It goes to zero. zero. Yeah. yeah. So there, you know, there, there, that, that's a, that's well-intentioned advice and it's great advice. Obviously it would be very um, disingenuous and foolish to think that, people who've purchased any type of generative art piece uh, purchase it simply because of that. They purchase it, I think, in a large degree because of speculation. And that, you know, I, I, uh, it it doesn't matter what I think about it morally. That's just part of the space. And going against it or saying this is wrong is like imposing your, uh, your uh, opinion about how the space has been in the last uh, 12 years now. And it's not going to change anytime soon in that aspect either. So I think, and this is one of the things I haven't really mentioned in this conversation we had, but this is actually one of the big things that I'm also trying to do with Unraveling, which is uh, basically embrace that and say, okay, I know you guys are going to try and buy and flip these. How can I make that itself part of the art experience in a way? Yeah, um, sure. and and so one, and this is how it ties back to the reconstructor thing because uh, it's basically a, you know it's an open question to to the community: Are they going to 
try and resell the ones that have um, that do not have a reconstructor minted for more, or are they going to try and sell the ones that uh, have them minted for more because they are on chain? And you know, these are type of things you can ask with this within this. Uh, space and on this medium that you just i mean you just never have been able to really ask them in this particular yep. way yep. and i think it's qu quite exciting other than being in a gallery right and talking to the artists you know, exactly one -on -one, yeah exactly you know? and i think this is one of the best things about this space is that now i can communicate you uh, communicate with you almost around globally. the clock yeah, yeah globally no matter what about your work and you can explain it to me in so many mediums, either text or voice or streaming. And, and I mean, that is just amazing. So it's like your virtual gallery is literally a metaverse, <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. It's yeah. a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, uh, but, it definitely lends to the artists to be able to expand their reach globally. And I think that's the best part of NFTs. It's just like, if you were a local artist, you know, you have your, your town maybe, and maybe a little bit, larger than that as a as a possible um person of interest or person or collector where now you can literally be anywhere in the world and you know i think that definitely increases the value of your art piece because everyone can see them and art is you know valued as the beholder so um yeah very interesting stuff hey cypher i got a quick question before we get out of here um I always like to ask creators, you know, what's something that um, they didn't plan for that definitely was either a road bump, something went wrong, or, you know, threw a wrench in the plans. Um, I know you could plan for so much, but there's always something that uh, doesn't go as planned. Was there something for the uh, Void Attractors like that? Um, for, for Void Attractors, I think the main bump happened after the launch in the sense of... Um, <laughs> having difficulties explaining everything in a way that people actually understood just because it's i i appreciate it's just so convoluted and and, and yeah annoying to fully grasp um that that was mostly a communication issue that i i've had stumbled on i didn't appreciate beforehand and i now fully appreciate with consensus heartbeats and there have been some yeah technical challenges along the way um, that I had to resolve mostly to do with uh, sound, getting sound to work nicely. I mean, most of these are related to me not being experienced uh, with uh, web development really that much. Because it's one thing to write code that works locally on your machine. It's a very different thing to get it to play nice with OpenSea. <laughs> And get yeah, OpenSea just always works so well. <laughs> and get all the data to be displayed nicely, and get all the information rendered the way it should be rendered, and a bunch of other things. So that that's been quite a quite a steep learning curve for me. Um, but now now I feel I, I I get that, and it's going to be a lot easier moving forward from that perspective. Well, even but with that, OpenSea, it's like. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you do everything right on your end, it might still not be right on their end. So, yeah, so yeah, they need to do a lot of cross testing. So, you know, and that's something I've learned now for the next project. But then the next project is going to be within Solidity anyway. So, that's also, I, I basically don't know how big the can of worms I'm about to open is. Um, so, we'll see how that would pan out. Awesome. Hey, so. <laughs> I got, I got one last question. I promise this is the last one. Yeah, no, no <laughs> but no, I mean, this is so interesting, man. And yeah. I, I think a lot of people need to hear this stuff because, you know, we, I'm a lay person and I'll speak for lay people, uh, don't really grasp everything, right? Um, when yeah. it comes to generative art and on-chain art. And I, I think more and more of these conversations need to be had. And then, you know, people can start to understand and appreciate the value in it. But my question was going to be, in in art like this is like i i feel real art uh, and it's on chain it's digital right in in a different form than than we've been familiar with like in in different periods of time like i'm a um i try to study art i'm no no art no mfa I don't have it <laughs> but i know that they have movements in art and i view this as a particular movement in art 
it's going to be like avant-garde, you know, maybe five, 10 mm -hmm. years from now. But mm -hmm. in those movements, like they had groups of artists, smart artists come together and like, you know, really communicate, talk and push at the envelope style of art yeah. forward, right? So I'm just yeah. wondering, like, are you connected with other people in the space that are doing this or is it? All right. Because I feel like a lot of people work in silos right now mm -hmm. because there, it's just there's, there's, there's too much going on. Right. You have to manage a community. You have to manage, you know, the artwork itself. Um, yeah. But but how do you do that? How do you view that? It's yeah, it's it's really tricky. So I think I can say that uh, one thing I definitely did not appreciate before I actually launched is um, how much time it takes to manage a Discord community. <laughs> it's 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 really quite quite a challenge. It does soak up quite some of your time. Uh, but when it comes to connecting with other artists, um, I think it depends a lot on on several factors. So one of them is whether you know, if you're somebody who has a very clear vision for a particular project in terms of what you would like to do, um, then it doesn't make sense to team up with somebody if you know you can do it alone and you 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 want to just execute on that vision and get it done. If you have um, a project where, um, let's say that you're not fully certain about how to do a particular thing and then you would like to uh, get somebody else's feedback, then you can team up with somebody to, um, uh, to, 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 to like combine your expertise, let's say, in whatever, you know, whatever element or aspect that is. Um, so I've been mostly in contact with a guy called uh, EDG. I actually don't know how you pronounce that edge. Um, so he he's uh he's also a very very talented um uh very talented artist and he, so he is really good with coding as well and i'm not sure if you guys have seen his stuff it's uh he's an alien codex uh, uh yeah I've, I've seen i've seen those i like those a lot yeah so you know that that work is technically a lot more sophisticated than a lot of things that mm -hmm. exists in this space and um it's yeah, it's just amazing to see. Um, so he, I've been yeah mostly interacting with him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have like you know previously chatted to other people where, where when I needed help uh, on on a particular thing. Uh, but oh. I think it yeah I think it really depends on 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 what your uh, like what your sort of focus is. So for me, for example, specifically with unraveling, right. I have a very clear vision that I want to do, and mm -hmm. I, I know that uh, I can execute in that vision alone. Maybe I will need help, more help in with the last project, and if I will, uh, there will be people who who I will contact and get help from. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I wasn't necessarily speaking from the help perspective as much yeah. as our team and our perspective as much as the getting in a room and looking at your works and then fighting and, and, you know, coming to different conclusions and, and, and oh. saying like, Oh, we need to push this way because you know, a lot of artists did that. You know, hmm. I can't, I can't tell you who <laughs> I know. I've just heard it. Like, you know, I think we're yeah. still in that ur early, you know, burgeoning phase yeah. where it's still starting and, and uh, we'll probably see that in the future for sure. Yeah, we have, we have to, man, I, I think, but I mean, this is something that it's gonna, I feel like progress to, to where sure. you know people are talking about these in MFA classes and saying mm. studying this era of art and yeah, particular sure. artists that are particular coder artists that have come out of it, but uh, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I I just wanted to <laughs> ask that question. So I, I fully agree that um, so for me a big part of why I think it's, it's such an exciting time here, this space is because. You know, there is this technological development that we had, which is um, blockchain technology or distributed ledger technology, and then you have um, the ERC-72 contract type on Ethereum, and these two are, you know, they're contextualized within how the crypto space is, and we all know it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and that just provides a very fruitful uh, ground for creating something novel artistically speaking and um, because of that 
you can really start to question how um, how let me think how to phrase this what the interaction between the art and the artist and the people who consume that art is yeah what it means for something to be an art project is it just a visual experience or just a tactile or audio experience or is it the the emotions you will feel half a year later when your piece goes to zero as we were talking about before or when your piece is 10 10 next um you know is is that part of the art itself or not i i think it is and i think you can i think um, that's you know that's a way of um there's never been the combination of financial and cultural um Inner, you know, there's not, that's never been a, a like overlapping experience. So I feel like that's uh, a yeah, really it's cool it's never well. it's never it's never been so explicit. You've always been able yeah. to do this in some ways, but here it's, it's yeah, really exactly. so it's so it's so integral to the space as a whole. Where you know it's it's art, but it's art on a on a financial well, not not financial necessarily yeah. yeah, not 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 necessarily financial, but it, it, you know that 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 element of of um finance it's viewed right now as a financial service not as e- exactly, a data yeah, exactly. enclosure you know it's it's exactly yeah it's it's integral well, it's difficult to disentangle them and i think it's naive as well to expect that people will not think of it that way yeah for sure yeah it's definitely a movement yeah. awesome man well, i really appreciate oh, yeah. you coming on our yeah. uh our podcast yeah, man. we uh really enjoyed it um, yeah it was great thanks for yeah thanks me. cypher i enjoyed it as well um, everyone, don't forget to follow um, Unraveling underscore XYZ on Twitter. Also, Cypher's Twitter is Cypher underscore SEQ. Um, we appreciate you taking the time, man, coming all the way from the uh, UK. No worries. I'm in Thank you. <laughs> Still. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but if you guys have nothing else, we will catch you next episode. And we thank Cypher for coming through. Thank you. See you guys. See you. Bye-bye. See you later, man. Great, man. Good job.